Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 14. I'm Matt Sin, and I am here with Kyle Pauly. Hello. And we're here to tell you about the wonderful world of the WWE. <laughs> I think you're you're giving it too much praise. Maybe a little bit. Maybe it's it's the it's the Walt Disney World of professional wrestling. All encompassing. They have everything. Yeah. It's it's uh it's it's the universe, all right. Yeah, it is the WWE universe. It is its own universe. Mm, it's something. Sure. Something. So SmackDown. Let's go ahead and move right into that. The 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 opening segment was just like the old segments where they come in and they talk forever. And like Kevin Owens did great. And then, so Kevin Owens comes out. I guess I should say this before I get to my point. Right. And he's, he's cutting a promo about how he beat Shane McMahon at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. It was good. So uh, uh, Kevin Owens was great on the mic, obviously. But then as he's talking, Shane McMahon's music hits. And Samoa, I'm sorry, Samojo. Kevin Owens just gets this look on his face, and he like puts his hands on his head, and like falls down to his knees and puts his face in the ring. And my wife said, "That's really how all fans look and feel when Shane McMahon comes out." And I thought that was a funny line, so I thought I would share that. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it was, it was just, it was so bad. Like I'm just so tired. And Shane's like, "Oh, because you put your hands on a referee, Elias." I'm going to find you a hundred thousand dollars and Kevin Owens for freaking out. And he's talking about how, you know, that's nothing but a new car to Shane McMahon. But to him, that's, you know, his kid's college, it's a down payment on a house. And he said he, that he should really rethink it. And Shane McMahon goes, Nope. Now I want to say that I've explained that in about mm, 45 seconds, but let me tell you how long this went on. It went on for like 15 minutes. I didn't think it was ever going to end. Also, it was what what should have happened was Kevin Owens should have gotten this news. Shane should have left with the you know bad news, you know booze and and everything. And Owens looked distraught or something, and then go to the back and just end the segment. Uh, It was too long at that point, but. Uh, and then later in an interview, he should have been, you know, talking about it. And then he says, yeah, to Shane McMahon, that's a, a new car. But, you know, that's my kid's college fund. That's would have been much better. He's like begging Shane, Shane, that's that's my kid's college fund. That's that's down payment on the house. Please reconsider. Like, yeah. Why in the world? You kicked yeah, him it- in the balls on <laughs> SummerSlam. Why would he reconsider? Yeah, it didn't make any sense. So uh, then it shows him like after the commercial break, he's walking in the back and he busts into Shane McMahon's office, who Shane's by himself. And he's like, hey, I'm in a I'm in a official capacity today. And if you put your hands on me, you'll think that one hundred thousand dollars is nothing because I'll sue you and put you and your family in the poorhouse. So Kevin's all mad. And he said, you're seriously not going to reverse that one hundred thousand dollar fine. And Shane says, no, you deserved it. He said, you know what? Make it 105000 He picks up a stool and he throws it into a TV monitor, I'm gonna, which, uh, is, which did not cost $5,000, by the way. I was going to say, I, I'm I'm no uh, Price is Right expert or anything, Yeah, but uh, that TV is not $5,000. And neither is no, the stool. No. No, not at so, uh, <laughs> I didn't think about I don't the know stool. Where he, is he talking about Canadian money or something? I don't know. Yeah. 
5,000 yen maybe. Uh, but the, then, so that was, that was boring. And then Charlotte maple Flair. leaves. What are yeah. <laughs> Jars of maple syrup. So they talk about Charlotte Flair wrestling Ember Moon. I'm just turning away all our Canada fans right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlotte Flair wrestled Ember Moon. And what should have been, I, I, I don't want to be down on it. I didn't really enjoy this match. It, was it just me? Did you like it? It was fine. Um, it was serviceable, right? Which yeah. the two of these the girls should have put on a much better match than serviceable. I mean, Ember's clearly not over anymore. Um, no, well, not but, at all. I mean, we knew that after SummerSlam, and, and she looked really stupid on the build-up. I mean, they they pushed the Raw title, and they they made the SmackDown title go to the back seat and made Ember look stupid. Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody thought Ember was going to win this match, and um, yeah, she sure didn't. Yeah, so she tapped out to the figure eight, and that was it. That was it. We got a recap of Roman Reigns beating up Buddy Murphy and everything that happened to him. It was dumb. They showed it twice on Raw, by the way. And it's I'm just so overseeing these stupid recaps. Like I, I like the storyline, but the recaps are dumb. They're boring. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You want to say anything before we move on? Well, Chris kind of mentioned it last week, and he's he's kind of noticed that SmackDown's turned into a recap show. They're, they'll either recap. Yeah, especially since the wild card rule. Right, they'll, they'll do recap packages of Raw or um, like the, the SummerSlam Go Home Show, which I actually enjoyed. Uh, but Chris made a good point that I mean, the majority of it was video packages, and they're good yeah. video packages most of the time when WWE does them. But yeah, I, I mean, I kind of see that though. It's it's a lot of replaying stuff that happened on Raw, which actually used to happen back in the day in the Attitude Era when SmackDown was you know legitimate the B show. Um, right. A lot of it was just playback of what happened on Raw. They'd have a couple of stories that kind of bled over into SmackDown, but not really. It was all just kind of hold over into, you know, what the A show is going to be next week. So uh, it's right. not quite there, but it's it's definitely a lot of they, they they won't be able to get away with this on Fox for sure when they and I don't think they'll do that. But, um, yeah, right now it's. um it's kind of it's taken away from definitely from you know what they could be doing wrestling wise, right, right. So after that, after the recap and the the only good thing that's happened in like the first half hour of the show, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Yes, he does have a first name. Eric Rowan can't comes out, and they denied that they had anything to do with the attacks, which I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. Shouldn't these attacks still be happening? Yeah, they kind of they've stopped since I guess uh, Rowan's been accused. So maybe they did have something to do with it. Yeah, I don't know. But Dan O'Brien goes, you know what? We definitely didn't have anything to do it do with it, and we're going to prove it. I think he said we're going to prove it tonight, which they didn't. But he said, you know what? We're going to prove it. Yeah. Well, then we go to another backstage segment, and it's uh, one of the, the little blonde-haired interviewer girl. I can't remember her name. She busts into Shane's office. She's like, Shane, 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 who is Kevin Owens going to wrestle tonight? Because earlier, I think her name's Shane Sarah. Shane Kevin Owens is going to have a match. Sh- Schreiber? Is it her name? Yes, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and Shane says, well, I have a wonderful idea. And then Samoa Joe shows up. And whatever idea Shane had got thrown out the window because he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do Samoa Joe versus Kevin Owens. 
That's not good baby stuff, face pal. Mojo. <laughs> yeah, not baby face Mojo. He's definitely still yeah. a bad guy. In case you've forgotten. Yes. Then we take one of the best performers in the WWE and we put him in the back. I hate these. So and he much. talks uh, like this. Uh, and it was just. Uh, and so at this point, I look over to my wife. No, I'm sorry. I'm leaning over and I'm like laying down on the couch. And she said, are you sleepy, honey? And I said, no, I'm just bored. (laughs) No, I just need to lay down for a moment. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) other than the Daniel Bryan talking for like two minutes, the the promo, the whole show was just bad for the first half hour, half for 40 minutes. Why does he need to talk? I don't understand. He can talk just fine. I just don't want to see this crap. So, and then well, he my wife well, I'm saying he he, he was great in NXT because he didn't talk this much. He just right. came out and kicked people in the face. It was awesome. Yeah. Like everything else about him is awesome. Except when he's sitting in a room in the dark or in a coffin, wherever he is. Yeah. And talking <laughs> to, uh, you know, asking for challengers, like just put him in the ring and let him kill somebody. Yeah, like I mean, he'll he'll get himself over. He's so good. Yeah. My wife says, you know what? They do a really bad job of knowing when the time is up on things because this stuff has dragged on you for don't so say long. It. Yeah. <laughs> she said this Alistair Black stuff is is dragged on for months, and she said the Viking Raiders have dragged on for months, just beating jobbers over and over. And I said, yeah, you're right. It's just it's it's terrible. They they just don't. I don't understand how they don't get it. This blows my mind. Well, Everyone else part of it is. It. I think a big part of it is they just write so much TV that they just they get it's very easy to become formulaic because they've got to fill you know they got to fill all these hours of stuff in and they not to mention you know they never know if Vince is going to come in and rewrite the entire show right so I mean I think they just try to keep him happy and you know now the last couple segments weeks of SmackDown or, he has re- rewrote the show I don't know if he did last night's or not. Right, uh, but they were all good for the most yeah. part. The, the, mm. So let's get on to some good stuff. Let's let's get positive, right? Because Roman Reigns wrestled Buddy Murphy next, and someone said to me, and I can't remember who it was. They said this is a match of the year candidate, and so I thought one of two things. I thought either this is going to be an incredible match, or Roman Reigns. It's a joke, and Roman Reigns is going to beat him in seven seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you. Neither one of those things happened, and I I don't think it's fair to say this is a match of the year candidate because it wasn't, because it wasn't as good as Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander. But you know what? It was darn good. It was real Mm -hmm. good. For a free TV match, it was a lot of fun. Buddy Murphy got a lot of offense in, and and him and Roman Reigns aren't that different in size, and they wrestle completely differently, and they, they were able to feed off each other. I really enjoyed this match. So, Matt, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I'm going to interject with this week's Brass Ring and Future Endeavored. Oh, we're going to do it now, are we? Yes. Okay, go ahead. And I will start with the Brass Ring. All right, so this week, I I really had to think hard about this one. Because I watched Monday Night Raw, and Cedric Alexander had an awesome match with Drew McIntyre and he came out of that even with a loss looking great. I mean, 
He crawled out of the depths of that horrible, horrible, horrible introduction with the mask and all that stuff when he just looked so lame. And he just came out, crawled out of that hole, and just had this great match with Drew McIntyre and ended up looking good at the end of it. And I was just thinking after that match, I was like, there's no way anybody can take this brass ring from Cedric Alexander this week. And then here comes SmackDown. And what you thought was going to be a sure enough squash match turned out to be a really good match between Buddy Murphy and Roman Reigns. And credit to Roman Reigns, too, because he gave, just just as Drew McIntyre gave a lot to Cedric, Roman Reigns gave a lot to Buddy Murphy here. I mean, they had a really good back-and-forth match. He sure did. Really entertaining. He sold for him. I mean, Buddy Murphy's on the outside beating him down several times. And, you know, Roman threw him over the table. And, you know, they you know they definitely had their spots. And, you know, but Buddy Murphy showed out in this match. And, like you said, he looked great in there. He... He's been saying for a long time he's WWE's best kept secret, and he sure looked like it in this match. He looked great. He he looked great. So I'm, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, geez, like both these dudes have been awesome this week. So for the first time, and this is almost like a ring specifically for Two Hundred Five Live because they have <laughs> been great, and these two were like the main event for a long time, and they were putting on shows on the pre-show where nobody was really watching them. And now they're showing everybody that they've they can go in there with the best of them. This week's brass ring are going to both Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander. Okay, because they like it. they put on awesome matches and they both lost, but they came out winners. I think. I agree. So, I agree. Uh, this 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 is the first ever co brass ring winners in the history of Wrestle. I'll have to split it and make a necklace out of it for this week. <laughs> um, but with brass rings has to come a future endeavor. And oh boy, you know, I was really, really thinking I was going to pick Dolph Ziggler <laughs> because he got destroyed by Goldberg Sunday, which most of us would. But then he ran his mouth and Goldberg came out, speared him again. Yeah. And he ran his mouth again. Goldberg came out, speared him in half a second time or a third time, I guess. And then he came in on Raw and got destroyed by The Miz, ran his mouth, and The Miz destroyed him again. And I'm sure we we may talk about it on this podcast. I know we've we talked about it amongst ourselves, but Vince McMahon apparently stabbed Dolph Ziggler in the back recently. Yep. Or, or the rumor is that it, it is. And you know what? Dolph has been pretty good in his role of being this loser. Right. So – I don't think this is his fault. I think he's done well with what he's had, but you can't really do much when you're booked as this much of a loser. So I can't give him the future endeavor this week. However, somebody who from nobody's fault, but their own this week, which I never thought I would have to say this had a bad match with Ricochet on Monday night. Raw. (laughs) This moron, Elias, he is getting the future endeavor this week because, my God, how do you not only botch a Hurricane Rana from Ricochet, who will basically, who could basically flip by himself, and he did, <laughs> essentially, and then you still flip and do the bump, 
and then screw up the pin, which is probably the easiest thing to do in wrestling, is just lay there. He screwed that up. And as we'll get into a little bit later on, he makes a surprise appearance on SmackDown when he wasn't supposed to be there as a referee. Yep. I'm just done with Elias. (laughs) So... He's, he had the good gimmick of just coming out and singing and, you know, making everybody angry. But when he gets in between the ropes and has to wrestle, it's just not there. And he, I didn't think anybody could have a bad match with Ricochet because he could basically wrestle himself. So this week he has to get the future endeavored. So uh, I just thought you should know, because you mentioned this to me on the, the raw episode, and so I opened Instagram in between the shows, and I actually still have it up just so I could tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, WrestleBotch, this pretty popular Instagram account, they've got 107,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And they posted that Hurricane Rana spot. And the top comment is by King Ricochet, who says, Ha ha, I knew in all capital letters y'all was going to post this. <laughs> And that is Ricochet's <laughs> official Instagram account commenting on it. And, and that just that made my day, and I thought you would enjoy it too. And you know what? I bet Ricochet, because he's good at his job, probably feels a little guilty about that spot. But you know what, Ricochet? You shouldn't. <laughs> you were clearly talking to this moron the entire time. You saw him like yelling in his ear before he got Irish whipped in the ropes. Basically, I mean, he's coming in sideways and – Elias just throws up his arms like a wild man, like, whoa, and then flips. <laughs> he looks like such an imbecile. So this week, Elias, best of luck in your future endeavors. Well, the, the great thing about that is Elias hardly ever wrestles. <laughs> good. He's, he's so good in his role of getting destroyed by people. This is what he does. So as long as he keeps doing that, that's fine. I don't know. It's just, I think a lot of times WWE has these great characters like Elias or Lacey Evans. She's a prime example, but they just don't have the experience or the know-how in the ring. And it's difficult for me to get behind someone that's not a good wrestler on a wrestling show. Isn't that fair Mm -hmm. to say? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's pretty fair to say. Yeah. So uh, we had what could have been a wonderful match. But much like the AJ Styles-Seth Rollins match from Raw, it was kind of ruined. Mm. Uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. Yeah. On paper, boy. Boy, howdy. I guess he ruined it. (laughs) 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 So before the match starts, we find out. Did Shane announce it? I can't remember. Someone announced that we had a special enforcer outside of the ring, which happened Mm -hmm. to be... King Ricochet's nemesis, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, your 24-7 champion, Elias. It didn't Elias even come out with out. his belt. Yeah, well, that uh, Shane mentioned earlier that the, the 24-7 rule was suspended because he was just so distraught after getting you know destroyed. He's still going to come out with his belt. Uh, it made no sense to me either. <laughs> so uh, he comes out. And then he gets an Owens face throughout the match. And, of course, Kevin Owens can't hit him because he just got fined $100,000 for doing so. Mm-hmm. So you can you can go through the whole thing if you want. I, I specifically want to talk about the finish. But why don't you tell us a little bit about this match? Yeah, I mean, 
Kevin Owens had like the advantage early, but Elias kept intervening and uh, distracting him. And finally, Joe kind of took over, got the heat. And uh, Joe went for a superplex at one point, and uh, Owens pushed him off and hit a swanton bomb. Yeah. Um, he tried for a stunner, and Joe got the coquina clutch on him. Um, Which was but, cool. Yeah, and he, but he was able to fight out and hit a pop-up powerbomb. And uh, as he's going for the pin, and it looked like Joe was going to get pinned. He didn't look like he had much life to him. Elias pulled the ref out. Uh, Elias got in the ring, got no one's face. He dragged the ref out, too. Like, the ref just smashed on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy. And, uh, <laughs> so he gets in the ring, gets in no one's face, and uh, Joe rolls him up, and he does the quick count, fast three count. And, uh, yeah, Samojo um, going from, from, you know, potential awesome babyface Monday to turning on the crowd and, you know, psych. And yeah. to hear – Having Elias, you know, having his back, he rolls him up for a quick count and giving everybody what they didn't want, which was a, you know, not very good Joe and Owens match. Uh, so, yeah, Elias is to blame completely for all this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. No, I mean, the match, I don't want to say it wasn't really good, but it just wasn't great. It was definitely disappointing. And yeah. I feel like that's been kind of a theme this whole week, right? SummerSlam, Raw, SmackDown. Like, there, of course, the Cedric Alexander. Uh, McIntyre, then Buddy Murphy, Roman Reigns matches were great, but all of these matches that have the potential to be something special were just kind of ruined, and it's just disappointing. Yeah. So, um, after this, we have, in my opinion, even as good as that Buddy Murphy Roman Reigns match was, my favorite part of the show. And to be fair, you guys know that I mark out for Daniel Bryan. I think that he's probably the best wrestler in the world, and he's an incredible promo. He's great on the show. He's he's he was so good on the show, and so you see him and Rowan in the back, and they do the exact same thing Roman's reign did last week. They said, "Everyone out, not you, buddy." And Buddy Murphy, in his mind, has to be thinking, "Oh gosh, not this again." <laughs> so he he sits down, and Roman reigns. I'm sorry, not Roman reigns. Rowan gets him a chair, sits down. And then he and Daniel Bryan are like right up in his face. Like they're sitting beside him. And Rowan, like the way the camera angle was set up, it almost looked like he was sitting in his lap, right? Like he was right on top of him. And mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan is sitting in there, is sitting right next to him, screaming in his ear, saying, how dare you ruin Rowan's reputation? How dare you ruin my reputation? You are a liar. So Roman Reigns, I said it again. Rowan is just throwing him all around the room, uh, the locker room, beating the crap out of him. And then he pushes him up against the wall and puts his arm up in his face. And exactly the same thing that Roman Reigns did last week. And Daniel Bryan says, you are a liar. Tell everyone that you're a liar. And so he has to tell him a few times. And then Buddy Murphy finally says, I lied, I lied. And Daniel Bryan says, no, you look at Rowan in the face and tell him that you lied. And so you like his face is kind of sideways. So he has to turn his eyes and he says he lied again. And then Daniel Bryan drops his arms as Rowan lets Buddy Murphy go and says, man, you know what? I just really hate liars. And Rowan picks up Buddy Murphy and chunks him over almost into a trash can, right? Like flips him yeah. through it. And uh, yeah. It, man, Dan O'Brien was just so passionate. You can tell that he really, really loves what he does. Mm. He just does such a good job. 
Yeah, he was awesome here. Uh, he was good in the, the earlier segment he was in, too. I will say it's – and maybe this plays into the story down the road. I hope it does. But it is a little strange that, he, you know, he was going to have a career-altering, you know, announcement a couple weeks ago, and then it was just silent for about yeah, two Yeah, they've weeks. dropped that. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it could play into, you know, maybe he – was silent as they were attacking. I don't really know how it would play in, but maybe that's why they were quiet. Um, I, I don't know, but it is strange at this point, you know, without knowing the whole story, I guess that this happened. Yeah. But at the same time, like I said, it's, it's been awesome. And what I loved most about this was earlier on. And it's, it's, this is a great heel. Uh, earlier on, Daniel Bryan said, uh, Buddy Murphy was clearly lying. Right. Anybody who gets slammed up against the wall and he has their, ma- their face smashed in by Roman is going to say anything. Yep. They'll yep. say whatever you want them to say. And sure enough, in this segment, they did the exact same thing. Pin him and smash his face against the wall and tell- make him say that he lied. Yep. It's an the ultimate heel thing. thing to do. It was really was good. Great heel move. And, and they... They don't, it's not like the fans like him for doing it too. So it's not like they're trying to be cool heels. They're just being a holes, basically. Exactly. Exactly. They're they're going out and saying, "Roman, you did this. You're wrong." And then they go do the same thing. Yeah. So or worse. Yeah. So, I'd say much worse. They they definitely beat him yeah. up worse than Roman did. Yeah. So so I I love this segment. Um, and they were great heels here. Yeah. So we had a backstage segment with the New Day. And I don't even really remember what it was about. Do you? Oh, sorry. I took a drink of water. Um, well, they, um, actually, no, I don't really remember uh, what happened. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't important. <laughs> Xavier Woods was like depressed about something. And Kofi and Biggie were like, it's okay, bro. We got you. And it had nothing to do with the show. It was just a little comedy segment. It was fine. If you really want to know what they talked about, go watch it. What is important is Xavier Woods and Big E were out there to wrestle the Revival. Kofi comes out with them, and then you hear Randy Orton's music. He came out and said, you know what, Kofi? Let's make this a six-man tag. Kofi's like, all right. And there you go. You have your main event, the Revival and Randy Orton. The versus New, the new Day. Yeah. yeah. A six-man <laughs> tag team match, player. A tag team mm-hmm. match. Yep. So uh, this match was fun. I liked it. Yeah, it and good. the aftermath. Tell us about it. I mean, I, I, the New Day and Revival have actually been working really well together lately. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I remember Chris and I were talking about uh, last week uh, how Xavier Woods, you know, really impressed with the ring. Even Big E, you know, they both have done well as a tag team. Right. And I, and I even told Chris, I wasn't very happy. And I'm still not happy that Heavy Machinery is not on the show and haven't been for a while. I don't know why. Uh, they could use them instead of some uh, of these video packages they're playing. But uh, I I wanted Heavy Machinery to win, and I wasn't that happy that New Day won at first. But since they've been coming out and having really good matches as the tag champs, I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Now. Like they've been showing that why they're such a good team. And uh, they had a really entertaining match. Um, they kind of worked uh, Xavier Woods over, which normally happens. Uh, Woods got tossed on the floor at one point, and Orton gave him a suplex on the announce table. Um, Woods, Woods fought back and sent Dawson to the post, got a hot tag to Big E, 
and Biggie ran wild. Uh, Kofi hit a crossbody on Revival at one point. Um, he went for a trouble in Paradise, and Orton caught him with the RKO, or went for an RKO, but he avoided it. Tag Woods. And uh, then Kofi hit a dive to Orton on the floor and kind of took him out. And then uh, Woods hit uh, fought against Revival. But they were able to get the best of the better of him, hit the Shatter Machine. They picked up the win, and uh, just a really good match. Um, they've they've done a good job of like. And one thing that I enjoyed a lot about the Attitude Era was they were able to mix stories uh, by making tag teams. They've kind of been doing it on Raw with um, Ricochet and AJ Styles, you know, getting uh, and Seth Rollins' face, and Ricochet coming to help him, and now Braun Strowman's involved. So. It's like kind of stories that kind of intertwine and where they used to just isolate people. They just have repeat matches and they weren't very fun. Whereas at least now they're seem to be doing more of the combining people and combining storylines. And uh, though the revival in new day, haven't had like a specific storyline yet. Um, it's been more Kofi and Orton. Right. I could see something coming from this. Right. So um, I really enjoyed it. what do you think? I loved it. Um, I really enjoyed the, the when they mixed storylines, but this really made sense because it was all three of the New Day. So right, right. All three of yeah. them were the champions, and they were wrestling the Revival, who, you know, are, are like one of the few that after they're released, and they're like, oh, we're going to embarrass you. I guess you're going to do everything, so we're just going to give you a little push and hope you stay. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, but whatever. I love the Revival. Uh, they're one of the best tag yeah. teams in the world. Um, and obviously Randy Orton is, is uh, whether or not, no matter what you think of him in the ring, he's going to go down as one of the best of all time. Yeah. And I, I actually really like, I, I, obviously I said that I, I thought he might um, be Kofi and SummerSlam and then they had that weak finish, but yeah. I've actually really enjoyed Orton as kind of the, he's, <laughs> he's kind of like a, I'm going to give him a new gimmick. Uh, Orton Cassidy. <laughs> he kind of doesn't care anymore. Like he's super laid back. Yeah. He's uh, it was, and it, it was that way when he started the feud with Kofi, he was kind of like, yeah, I don't care. Like I beat you before I'll do it again. Cause I'm Randy Orton. And he's just kind of been, he's, he's coming off. Like he, you know, he really used to being like super cocky and he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to do what I do. Cause I'm Randy Orton. And I'm, and I'm awesome. And he's just kind of been laid back, but I've like I've enjoyed him as a character. He's not doing too much or trying to be super evil or something and coming off like a cookie cutter heel. He just he seems more like himself now. And our, I'm I'm really liking his character. I am too. Does that mean that SmackDown is now serving 100% freshly squeezed Orton juice? I think so. Yeah. For those of you that don't follow indie wrestling, please Google Orange Cassidy, who Let's just signed with AEW. Yeah, yeah. He uh, look up his match with Hornswoggle on YouTube. It's a free match. It's like seven, eight minutes long. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I, I think we totally missed. And forgive me. The ending of the Samoa Joe versus Kevin Owens. Did we did we say who won and how it ended? We just said Elias ruined it and then moved on. I think. Well, I said that Samoa Joe rolled him up for the fast count. Did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was the world's fastest count. If you think Nick Patrick slow counts, Elias fast counts. Like I don't think it was a full half second. It was insane. Right. So, um, man, that was really fast. I feel like I just, I don't know. It just not, not much happened. It was just such an uneventful show. Great. It for me. Uh, it was, 
I agree. It was pretty uneventful. Um, it had some good spots in it. Um, but I, I kind of agree with, um, with you. And like, I think if Chris were here, he'd say the same thing again, that the video packages here kind of took a lot of the excitement out of the show. Yeah. And then segments like Aleister Black, um, doing his thing, all the, the long Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon stuff that, I mean, we thought Kevin Owens had picked up a win and, you know, had something good going and then Shane just shut him down and just took all the, the wind out of a sail. So that was kind of, you know, deflating, especially in yeah. Canada when they yeah. would have, you know, gone crazy for Owens doing some cool stuff and would have come off well on TV, but whatever, you know. Um, but all in all, like the Daniel Bryan uh, stuff backstage, his promos, Buddy Murphy all night was great. The Buddy Murphy Roman Reigns match was obviously great. The main event was good. Um, we 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 had a finish here, so that was good. Um, so I enjoyed the show, uh, and much like Raw, there wasn't enough bad here to you know make me give it a bad grade. But um, since it was kind of down on wrestling and had more video packages than normal. I'll give it a, a C plus, a high as you can get C plus, like a seventy nine, basically. Okay, I feel like after uh, listening to yesterday's show, that our listeners are going to think that I'm just copying you, and that's why I'm letting you go first. Um, <laughs> I was actually also thinking C plus, yeah, maybe not as high of a C plus as you you do, but I mean, it's, I think it's insignificant. And the yeah. reality is, the only reason that I'm not giving it a higher <laughs> higher rating. It's because for the first thirty minutes, I was I was so bored. I was yeah. so bored. The show ended fun, right? Like Roman Reigns, Buddy, Buddy Murphy was great. Everything Daniel Bryan did was great. The main event was a lot of fun. Um, oh, there was one more second at the end where Roman Reigns comes and talks. He like walks into Daniel Bryan and Rowan's dressing room, and Daniel's like, "Hey, before you get mad at us, we've conducted our own investigation, and next week we will bring the culprit to you." So that was it was kind of weird. Uh, Randy Orton's music was kind of still playing in the background, fading in and say, out. That was very distracting the entire time. It was just <laughs> it was. they're sitting here like, trying to talk about this thing, and just Randy Orton's music is playing off in the in the distance in yeah, the ether. Well, they they played it and then they cut it off and then they brought it back, but like they like it was almost like they were turning the volume up and down, like they couldn't decide whether they wanted it to play or not. Right. It was, it was it was really weird, but yeah, C plus. Um, I just I don't know. It was kind of uneventful. So definitely the worst SmackDown of the last month and a half or so. Well, maybe not that long. Last month, easy though. I mean, I, I enjoy. Like I said, it's it's been more uh, for me. WWE is. I don't enjoy the shows when they have a bunch of just stupid stuff that, um, you know, just makes me mad. I mean, there were lulls in this show. But there was a lot of good things too, so that's I mean that's why I give it a high C plus. It, it wasn't enough to make me angry, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. So that, I I agree with you. Okay, okay. So we're gonna play a new game. And I don't have a name for this one. And it's very similar to Keeper Cut, but we're, it's gonna be different. So we're gonna go from AEW's view now, and I'm gonna give you five WWE wrestlers. And you're going to tell me if the WWE cut them, would you sign them to AEW? Mm. Okay. So, 
number one, we're going to go with a tag team in the B team. Uh, I would say no. Okay. Um, Why? I don't know. They just – I will say that Bo Dallas can be very entertaining. I've seen him, uh, obviously – I mean, his early days of NXT – uh, he he was the uh, the Bolive character, yeah. but he played a lot better as like he was clearly a heel. He played a babyface, but you just knew he like he was just phony the entire time, right? Like so, so he played a babyface white like a white meat white meat <laughs> white meat babyface character, um, but you never believed him, and so uh, and he just like hammed it up really good. So um, he's able to be entertaining. But it's not like he has like a super impressive physique. Um, he's not like a tremendous worker. He's good, not great. Um, he's decent. And um, uh, what's his name now? Axel Curtis Axel. Yeah, Joe Henning. Michael McGillicuddy. Yeah. Um, Joe Henning. Uh, he he's also decent. But not great. I mean, he's not as charismatic as his dad was. No, it's hard to be though. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's nearly impossible to you know live up to that. I mean, he had to be perfect to do that. Yeah, literally perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> my bad. So Sean side. Spears is Kurt Henning's real son, right? That- <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I would, uh, I, I don't think I'd sign him. Okay. Because I, I think they could be successful somewhere else, but. I definitely wouldn't have anything for him. Okay. EC3. Uh, yes. I would definitely sign him. Okay. Uh, dude has a killer body. I mean, not many people look like that. Sure. And I mean, look at look what he did in Impact. He was a main eventer there. He was very entertaining. Not great in the ring, but he's good enough. Uh, and what he doesn't do well as well in the ring, he does pretty well on the mic. So... Uh, as Stone Cold recently said, uh, some advice he gave to Kevin Owens, because um, Kevin Owens tells the story of you know talking to Stone Cold, and Stone Cold tells him he saw all those crazy moves he's doing. He says you don't need to do those because you can only do those for so long. But uh, never shut up because you could always talk. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what what uh, EC3 can't do in the ring, he can always do on the mic. But they're not letting uh, him do it. Yeah, they're not, and it's a shame because he was doing pretty well. Although I didn't really like him as the face, at the goofy face character in NXT. Yeah, it was still entertaining. Um, he's much better as a heel because he's a, uh, I mean, just that character is. But they're just not doing anything with him, and it's it was also strange that he came back in as EC three because that was almost like exclusively an Impact character. Like, yeah, it was Dixie Carter ever, the nephew, right? Yeah, Ethan Carter the third. Ethan Carter the third. They've never even said like you know what that means so oh, oh john moxley was so good as dean ambrose when he's like ec3 where are ec1 and 2 like that's yeah. a line that carol and i still say to each other it was just so yeah. good yeah so so good but he, he's yeah they've done nothing with him and i don't know why he's but he's even been great in like the uh 24 7 segments with drake maverick when he was kind of buddying up with him yeah because they're they're real life friends he was in his wedding yeah. and he kind of had to give it for a while he, he was just like carrying on a solo cup and like drinking with Drake Maverick. Yeah. Um, but they're just as good together. And Drake Maverick's been great on TV. They've been, you know, loving him. So. Right. 
I don't understand why they're not doing anything with him, but I would love to have him on my roster. The problem with AEW signing him is he's so similar to MJF. I think they would have to give him a totally different gimmick. True. Or team um, him with MJF, one or the other. Yeah. Or they could like, but couldn't you see them like being buddy buddies at first and then just like starting to get on each other's, each other's nerves because they're so much yeah. alike? That would yeah. be great though. Yeah. That's I probably agree. how I'd play it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Akira Tozawa. Uh, I would probably, I don't probably think I'd take him. He's really good. Uh, like I like his match. Like he's a good worker. Um, but other than that, he just doesn't bring much to the table. Um, he, he might be a good asset, but, uh, I mean, there's a lot of good talent out there and I just think that. Especially a lot of Japanese talent these days. Yeah, and AEW too. They've already got a bunch of it. Yeah, they've got some of the, the Chinese wrestlers that are, have come in. They've mm-hmm. done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Joshi so I, girls. I don't see him standing out. Um, you know, at least you know he's not head and shoulders above any of those guys. Right. So um, yeah, I don't think I'd bring him in. Okay. I mean, I like him a lot, but yeah. Okay. Uh, Cesaro. Oh, definitely. He's. Okay. I mean, I've said I wish they, you know, give him a bigger push. They've started and stopped so many times with him. Yeah, and I mean, he he every time they give him a chance, he puts on good matches. I would love for him um, to win King of the Ring. I I really would too. I just, but you know how they are with him. Yeah. Vince just doesn't get it with him for whatever how can reason. He not, I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. But he's also sticking Aleister Black in a dark room every week. So <laughs> who knows? Man, you know, you have a really cool look and your finisher's amazing. You're, you're a pretty decent talker, so let's just stick you in a room. Anyway, finish your Cesaro thought. I'm sorry. Well, there's there's not much more to it. It's just he's awesome. Um, he's entertaining. Uh, I don't know why WWE's not utilizing him, but I would love to have him on my roster. He's such a hard hitter, too, like in the ring and a good worker. Like, he makes stuff look so good, like – um, and you think I'm pretty sure Vince loves that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I don't understand why he doesn't get, you know, the push behind him more, but yeah, I'd totally take him if I had a roster. He can also legitimately speak five languages. You want to talk about a brand ambassador? Yeah. I don't, under, <laughs> I don't anyway. Okay. The final one, and we've talked about them in keeper cut before Rusev and Lana. Oh, for sure. Okay. Definitely. Um, Rusev was one of my favorite. Uh, he, I think, there is so much, and it's a shame that they're not on TV anymore. I know they pretty much like left. They're actually here in Nashville. They live here in Nashville. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually uh, went to the uh, boxing uh, and MMA facility that uh, Rusev trained at for a little oh, while. Oh. Hmm. Um, so I love both of them. Um, it, it, whether it's Lana or the you know ravishing Russian Lana either one cj what was her name cj parker or something like that yeah i think that's her real name yeah either one like i think she could be a great manager by his side uh he's awesome obviously with the rusev day thing that you know took on a life of its own just because all the fans saw how great he was yeah and he's i've seen him on up up down down he's so entertaining like he's a legit funny guy he's obviously like you know 
he has an accent. I don't know if that's what Vince like doesn't want to push him because of because he's weird like that. But he's hilarious, you know. No matter what language he speaks or what, you know, he he's just so entertaining. I would love to have him. I think there's like super untapped potential. Uh, I mean, like one of the greatest WrestleMania entrances of all time has to be him coming out in a tank. Oh, so against cool. John Cena, like, and he's like a naturally big muscular dude. Like I do not understand how he isn't. He's, he's, he's very similar to Samoa Joe to me. And I love both of them. Like just yeah. really scrappy, but you know, big net naturally big dudes who you believe are like legitimate, you know, dudes who could win in a fight. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely love to have him on the AEW roster. The problem with any signing any of these guys is you have to avoid the TNA problem. So TNA takes maybe mid cars, right? And you know there are a couple exceptions. Christian was a great signing for TNA. Obviously, Kurt Angle would be a good signing for anyone, um, and I'm sure there are others. But they would take like remember when they signed Orlando Jordan and pushed him? Yeah. Like what oh, that weirdo gimmick? Like they did that with a lot of former WWE test. No. Yeah, test did it with mm-hmm. test. And I just, you know, like Mr. Kennedy, which should have been a slam dunk. I don't know if it was poor booking or what, but that did not work out. Yeah. So TNA wasn't great. And I'm not here to to knock on, you know, the TNA of that era. But AEW can't be like, okay, Rusev, mid-carter for a decade. Let's make him a main eventer immediately. Like if they bring him in, he has to stay in the mid-card, no matter how over he is, at least for a little while. Or they have to say, Rusev, we want to sign you, but we want you to go wrestle in Japan for a year, or Ring of Honor for a year. Build your name up even more so we can bring you in and it'll be a really big deal. Well, I think they could do... One thing I'm really liking that they do on John Moxley, even though he is very important, and he, I think he's one of the few that you could bring over and just immediately check into the, into the main event title yeah, He's picture. a former world champion, so I think that's a little different. Right. But at the same time... One reason you could do that, uh, I mean, you couldn't do that with someone like um, like a Baron Corbin, who was well, he wasn't a champion, but uh, uh, Jinder Mahal, maybe I don't okay. know. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but he's also a fan favorite, and I think Rusev, yeah. w- people would love him coming to AEW. Uh, I I agree. I don't think you should put him right in the title picture, but you could put him into prominent storylines right from the get go, and could build him up to that. I think rather quickly, whereas like. TNA, um, I mean, they brought in Kurt Angle, and he, obviously he's very similar to Moxley in the fact that he was like a main event star. Right. Um, but then they were able to bring in Christian, and he became a legitimate, you know, contender in TNA. I don't think yeah, anybody ever saw him. Yeah, I don't think everybody really saw him as like the they. The, he was a fan favorite, and fans wanted him to succeed. I don't think it was a, you know, they could they were like, oh, this guy, or, you know, I don't think he held that kind of thing. So. I, I think Rusev would be really similar to that. Okay. He'd be able to come in and fans love him. That's true. And um, I think he'd be able to catch on. I think it's going to be harder for someone like Sean Spears. Uh, he's in a good story now and we'll see where it goes. But he he was kind of mid-carder for life in WWE. So um, someone like yeah. him is more interesting to see. Now, if they had brought him in and put him in the title picture, then yeah, that's not – I don't think it would work. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're smart though. So I think they could – do something with her seven Lana. Yeah. Okay. Plus Lana's really hot. So 
It'd be hard for her not to be over. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Well, that was our SmackDown review. This has been episode 14 of Wrestle Life Radio. You can follow our buddy Chris at Chris Cumby on Instagram and Twitter. Go on, Matt. What? What are we doing? <laughs> it's, it's Randy Orton's theme song just playing in the background. <laughs> we're, closing the, we're closing the show, right? Yeah, we are closing the show. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, for, go ahead. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Okay, you can follow our good buddy Chris at Chris Comby on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Kyle, where can they follow you? On Instagram at Kyle.Polly. And if you really want to, uh, I'm at the Kyle Polly on Twitter. The. Kyle Pauly University. You can follow me at Wrestle Life Matt on Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow us on Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio or on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. Again, thank you so much for checking us out, guys. Please tell all your friends about us and about these three wacky guys who know way too much about wrestling and are here just to have a lot of fun. We hope you have a really good rest of your week, and we will see you next week for the Raw Review. See you guys.